Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Good morning, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing great as always. Bobby, awesome. how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, we've both been traveling a lot, huh? And you just got back from DC. Yeah, I did actually. So I was in Washington, DC just last week to visit with the new president of the American Clinical Laboratory Association, Susan Van Meter. We were very pleased to have, of course, I'm the chair of the board of that organization. We were really pleased to have Susan come in because she has a very long and successful track record in terms of uh, policy and advocacy. She was just at Abimed DX, which is the trade association for the diagnostic manufacturers. So she's very in tune with the issues, which is good because it's actually turned out to be a very big week uh, legislatively for healthcare and for labs in particular. Yes, and we're really glad to have ACLA advocating on behalf of the laboratory. So do you want to tell us a little bit about what's been going on this big week? Yeah, one of the big things for labs in particular was that the Ballot Act dropped, if you will. I they use mm-hmm. that. My, my adult children talk about people dropping albums on Spotify. But the, so yeah, <laughs> so the bill dropped. The Ballot Act was included. Yes in a larger bill from the Senate Health Committee that covers a lot of FDA-associated issues, including the funding, MADUFA, which is the funding for FDA, which has to be passed before, I think, before the end of the summer. It's part of a much bigger package. It covers cosmetics, and there's, a, of course, an acronym for it, which I can't remember, but it's, it talks a lot about modernizing and funding FDA. Yeah, is it that the FDA Safety and Landmark Advancements Act? Yes, exactly. FDA SLA. There's always an acronym. (laughs) Right. And I think they tend to advance the legislation in early June. So that's next month. The general process, which I'm now learning, is that the bill's drafted. And now there's a couple of weeks that groups have to comment on it. And then it'll go forward. It'll get marked up, I think they call it. So they'll mean they'll incorporate some of those comments. And then it'll go for vote. And they want to get it to vote here in early June. It'll have to go to vote because if the whole package doesn't go through, then the FDA doesn't get funded. And so that's not going to happen. It'll be very interesting to see the process. It's still a detailed piece of legislation. My understanding, it's a couple hundred pages still. So there's it just got released publicly yesterday. So lots of groups here at Mayo, I'm sure a lot of other academic medical centers, as well as ACLA, are really digging in and reviewing the details of that bill to see what could be passed into law. Yeah, and I serve on the Board of Governors for the College of American Pathologists, CAP, and they also are doing a lot of work in this area. I'm sure they're also frantically reviewing, very carefully reviewing the bill, and yeah, comments will be due soon, so there's not a lot of time. It's a very short turnaround. Yeah, for someone that's been in lab medicine for a while now, and leadership for since 2009. I mean, this is something that's been talked about ever since I've been. So it's sort of like it's been talked about and talked about and talked about. And wow, all of a sudden it's, it's here. And so it's a really momentous time. Hopefully the bill will have incorporated some of the input we gave as laboratories about what will make it workable. Because I think we all want to do the right thing for patients, which means safety, but also innovation. 
Yeah, we've talked about this on a number of our previous meetings where, you know, it's important to be at the table and hopefully some of the work that we've been doing has helped to shape this bill because it probably is, well, we don't know what's going to happen, but there's a chance that it'll go forward. The user fee programs are slated to expire September 30th. So there's not a lot of time, as you said. So we should anticipate that there's going to be this effort to enact this larger bill before August. Yeah, the larger bill will almost certainly get passed. It's just whether or not during the ballot gets part of it, the ballot stays in or not. What else? Is, is well, that wasn't busy. the only thing, right? So the other thing, of course, is a public health emergency, and so people—I mm-hmm. don't know if uh, people have been paying attention as much to that. You know, we all kind of want to move past COVID. COVID doesn't really want to move past us as we see cases <laughs> rise. Right. And we know that uh, legislatively, again, the COGS have kind of gotten uh, seized up a bit, like with COVID funding still hasn't been passed at the federal level, the next tranche of COVID funding. Part of that, of course, is a public health emergency. The last time the public health emergency was extended, they said that HHS, which is the federal agency responsible for declaring the public health emergency, said they would give 60-day notice if it was going to expire. That came and went yesterday, and so Mm -hmm. that means that they would have had to notify that they were going to let it expire here in July, which means now it's been extended through October. That's important for a lot of reasons for labs. I mean, number one, all of our tests that we're running, most of them, not all of them, have, have just received EUA. They have not been fully FDA approved, so it's possible that when the public health emergency expires, the FDA could could send out, you know, a cease and desist for tests that have received EUA because that's the E is emergency, right? Emergency use authorization. So it is linked to the public health emergency. The other is around a lot of the other leniencies that we in, in laboratories worked with the former administration that put in place when the pandemic struck. Things like not waiving the requirement to have a CLIA license for any area where you're performing clinical activities. So a lot of people who were working remotely that had to get a CLIA license for their home if they're going to do remote sign out. And this is not uncommon mm-hmm. here in, at Mayo and across laboratories, and I'm sure it's grown significantly. Things around digital pathology as well, and the, the ability to use digital pathology. It's been a couple of years now. At Mayo, we have continued, we're well along the way to having parts of our practice fully digitized. And that means people can sign out from anywhere. But the, of course, the regulatory perspective, that's something that's just right now part of the public health emergency. So if the public health emergency expires, all those things theoretically go away. So will there be legislation introduced that will make those changes more permanent uh, is going to be very interesting to see as we go through here. Because if it's going to happen, it's going to have to happen before the emergency expires, right? So we'll just have to see. And yet we're in a midterm election and there's a lot going on. So it'll be a very interesting time. Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about in the future. And of course, you know, signing out remotely, it involves our anatomic pathologists in laboratory medicine, but it could also involve our clinical pathologists being able to sign out anything from genetic analyses to malaria smears from the comfort of our own home. And and digital pathology brings us these these new tools. So to really use them, though, we have to think creatively, and that doesn't always fit into the existing framework of the laws. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. And I think that's, and even there's been some areas I know in, for genetic counselors inside of genetics, mm-hmm. this is, and in genetic testing, this has been a big issue, issues where there's sort of a shortage of workforce, if you will, and not having it be state by state. I mean, there's a lot of complexities that's basically that are in there, but it is going to be 
important and it's going to yeah. be important because it, it, not just from a convenience perspective but also just from a, a labor perspective right and we've talked a lot yeah. about the healthcare labor shortage and what are the expectations of just people in general and their work coming up more people are going to have the expectations of remote work and if we can't do that in the labs then what's going to happen is going to be more difficult for us to recruit people to work in the laboratories yeah absolutely so there's two big things yeah anything else on your mind this week though well, the, that's probably enough for right now. It's I mean, probably I just, enough for now. Yes. I mean, I'm really, really focused on what's going to be in the ballot act mm-hmm. and then understanding that because it could significantly impact how we do our work. We, of course, Mayo has a, we have a very intense focus on test development because of the nature of our practice that we serve, always having very serious and complex patients coming through. A lot of other labs develop tests as well. Not that we're nearly the only one. It kind of varies probably between different practices. But also part of that is even just modifying FDA-approved tests. Many labs do that, where they make minor modifications to FDA-approved tests to make them run in their lab, to make them perform a little better. All that stuff is going to be following the umbrella of this bill. So it's going to really be important that we understand it. Yeah, it's going to have broad implications throughout for our practice. Yep, no doubt. So well, at least we know, at least we've had a lot of chance to, as organizations and with CAP and ACLA and others, um, and also now AACC and also mm-hmm. AMP, academic medical centers. I would say it's really important if you're listening, if, if you have working in an organization with government affairs support to reach out to them and see if they're engaged with this at all. The academic medical centers do have a strong voice in this. And also if you're a member of CAP or one of those societies, just to take a look at what the positions could, those will be good places. The bills, I don't know anyone besides a lawyer is going to have time to go through 200 some pages mm-hmm. of a bill, but many organizations will be giving summaries, and I think it'll be really good for people to be aware of what the, what's in there. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's, enough. that's enough. That's enough for this week. <laughs> I'm just happy now that, uh, you know, it's starting to look a little bit more like spring here in Minnesota, so a lot of things for us to think about, and maybe I'll sit on my back porch, enjoy the spring, and, and start reading those 200 pages. <laughs> Well, I'm going to do, I'm going to take advantage of whether you finally get out on my new bicycle after I broke my last one in my accident. So I'm doing that. And then I might pull up that bill if I'm having a hard time falling asleep. There you go. Well, great. We'll talk more about it in a future session once I think we've really had a chance and other organizations have had a chance to really dig into it and, and analyze it. Yep. As we usually say at the end of these, there'll be plenty for us to talk. Any more. Okay. Until then, see you later, Bill. Bye, Bobby. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.